Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh my goodness, it's only preseason, but I'm hyped Bill fuck. Jimmy G. It is time for a brand new episode of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. Mark Janowski, Stacey King with you. You don't see the smiling face of Tim Kelly right now because he is somewhere trying to make a deal with uh, the head of the uh, United <laughs> Arab Emirates or something. I mean, he's in Dubai. We can't find him. Oh, I mean, he could yeah. be a missing person before this yeah, week is over. He said he was going to try to steal some of those cars in the desert, those uh, Ferraris and you know Lamborghinis. And he yeah. said he's going to try to bring one back. He probably got caught trying to take it. And, you know, before he comes back, he may, may need the services of our friend Howard Ankin because I don't yeah. know what kind of shape he's yeah. going to be back. Oh, because he's going to get beat down. I'll tell you what, chances are if you live anywhere in Chicagoland, you've seen our guy Howard Ankin on a bus, train, billboard, or TV commercial with a famous Chicago athlete. Howard is everywhere. So if you've been injured at work, in a car, truck, or rideshare accident, or maybe on a trip to Dubai, call our guy Howard. He's a third-generation attorney from Chicago his number is easy to remember, 312 million. That's our guy, Howard Ankin, 312 million. I know you taped a spot with him, and I was told, a little birdie told me they got a brand new spot coming out with Io DeSumo, Howard. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw a little bit of it, and, uh, you know, Io's big now. He's getting yeah. big, man. He's, he's getting he's, some of the biggest yeah. ovations at the United States. But you know, what? That, you know what? It happens that when you're winning, you know, guys get more opportunities, and you're starting to see Zach doing a little more commercials. You know, so when you're winning, good things happen. They got to continue to do it. Uh, it's been fun this year. It's been exciting. The you know, last couple of games uh, on the road in Oklahoma City, the, you know, after that Orlando game where they, you know, they just kind of didn't come out with the energy that right, they needed to. Right. And then they redeemed themselves against Oklahoma City. Uh, I know it came down to the end, but they were blowing them out at one point. Yeah. And then, you know, last night against Toronto, I mean, they, they had control of that game. And then Toronto made a run and they were able to close out those two games and get two wins. I know you coach in the CBA. You've coached your kids playing youth basketball. You got a press breaker you can get for Billy. I mean, those you last two games got hairy in the second half. You know half. what? And I think what, what teams are – Toronto has done it a couple of times to the Bulls. Yeah, so they yeah, recognize yeah. that – Long athletes Yes, too. They, they recognize that they could turn up the tempo just to try to get them playing out of mm -hmm. character and playing a little faster, which it worked for them last night. I mean, you're down 19 points. You've got nothing to lose. Let's just, you know, put our best athletes out there and trap the ball all the four and, and then make them turn the ball over. And I, I thought – the Bulls kind of wilted a little bit. You know, they all they had to do was slow down, you know, and you got to remember too, Mark, you have the lead. The other right. team is playing in desperation. You don't need to play in desperation. You got to be calm, cool, collected, get the ball to the right people, and then and attack them. Once you get past that first wave of, of the trap, it becomes like a three-on-two break on the, on the back end, and they just never really, you know, took advantage of that. 
Of course, our guest last week on Give Me the Hot Sauce was Alex Caruso, and then he plays in Milwaukee, taken out by a dirty oh, play. Uh, just, just for Grayson Allen to get suspended for one game boggles my mind. I mean, here, here's Alex is going to be out six to eight weeks. We lose a key player, and he gets one game. It's a disgrace, and um, you know a lot of people in Milwaukee, of course, says that one game was too much. He yeah, should honestly. Crazy. It would never happen, but I wish it would. When you have a player that does something like that to another player, as long as that the person he injures, if he's out six to eight weeks, you need to be out yeah. six to eight weeks yeah, without I pay. I mean, that was an unnecessary foul. And then on top of it, the kid has a reputation mm-hmm. and it precedes him from college. And he, I mean, he's got to the NBA, he's tripped players, he's done things. And what it's going to take, because this league is totally different. This league doesn't do a good job of policing their teams, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, if that would happen in our era and I know people are like, Oh, you guys are old guys in the old era. No, 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 no. That would happen in any era besides this era. If you hurt one of mine, we're going to get coming you back. back at you. Yeah. And, and it's like that in today's baseball. If you hit my star player, I'm hitting your play, <laughs> you know, football, yeah. you try to take my quarterback out. We're going to take your quarterback out. That's just the way sports is. And it's like that, even at the youth level. So to see, to see this, the NBA kind of like, players not police themselves and it's not just the bulls it's like the entire nba because i saw the lakers playing orlando the same night and you saw you know jalen suggs go up for a dunk or layup and tht uh horton takes him down lebron really pushed him and the kid had a nasty fall and i was surprised that he was able to come back and play against the bulls how tough is Alex Caruso? He breaks his wrist. Oh. He comes back in. He played about 15 more minutes, hit a oh. three-point shot right after that. I mean, and he probably didn't even want to go for the x-ray, saying, oh, I'll play through it. But, man, wow. it, to lose a guy like that, along with Lonzo Ball, who's your, your starting point guard, they're going to have to hang on for these next couple of months to try to make sure they don't drop too far in the standings. Well, when you, you talk about toughness, I mean, you know, we talked to Alex on the show last week and we, you know, you realize how tough he is. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you watch Yellowstone, he reminds me of John Dutton, you know, Kevin <laughs> Costner's uh, character. He just is just super tough. Um, and it's a huge blow because he just came yeah. off the yeah. injured list. He was on the COVID list and he had his foot injury and he was really excited about coming back playing. You could tell he itched, he was itching to get back out there. And then, you know, that happens. And he was so instrumental in the game before the Milwaukee game when they played at home. And he was a plus 18 when he was on the floor. And a lot of times, you know, we talked about this, like, you know, what he does may not be sexy to the rest of the league. And that's probably why the Lakers said we can get anybody to fill that role. Now they found out that you can't he's going to be the prototype that people try to get now you know when they say i want another Kyrie irving because he can you know somebody can hand the ball and score i want another draymond green type of player they're going to be teams saying now i want guys like lonzo ball i want guys like caruso who play hard every single night they do the intangible things for you to win and that's going to be the benchmark of teams trying to get those types of players yeah, it's really tough right now. You get one guy back. You know, we got uh, Zach back from his injury. Fortunately, he came back quickly. Javante Green, who's really been a pick-me-up for the team. But then Derek Jones Jr. trying to work his way back from the bone bruise in his knee, breaks How? a finger just doing some shooting drills. How rare is that? I yeah. mean, that's kind of like you, you're on the injury list with a knee injury. And it, I was telling somebody, it's liking it, it's, it, I liken it to I'm getting out of the shower and I slip and there's a yeah, rug yeah, on the floor. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's just like rare. You don't, you don't see that happening. And it's almost like someone has a voodoo doll for the bulls. Like <laughs> somebody said, whoever's got the voodoo doll out there, America, <laughs> and you got a bone to pick with the bulls and you're trying to punish us, please put it down. Please. We suffered enough. Okay. You don't have to play with the voodoo doll anymore. We're done. Put it away. But 
when you look at you look at this team, man, it's like they have to overcome so many so many different obstacles. But the good thing about this next week or so, there are winnable games that they can start stacking. Right. They just they just won their 30th game last night against Toronto, which is a big win. Had they taken care of Orlando, which would have been 31. Then you turn around, you got to play Portland on Sunday, who doesn't have their star player, Damon Lillard. Lillard right. um, that should be a win. Even though Portland's been playing pretty good, that should be a win. And then you turn around, you play Orlando again. And I think, I don't know who else is on that schedule, but they've got about four games before they have to play Phoenix and I think Philadelphia. There's four games before those games that they should, they really got to pack these games away, beat the teams you're supposed to. And then, you know, like I say, play good basketball against the teams that you're evenly matched with. And then the all-star break comes up in like the third week of February. So that gives you one week of no games where Lonzo and Alex won't be missing any time. So hopefully get them back as soon as possible. And there's been some reporting that maybe Patrick Williams can return late in the regular season, get some games under his belt and be able to contribute in the playoffs. Well, it's good to be young. You know, I think yeah, Patrick's sure. like 20, 20. 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And so he's healing up probably a lot faster than what they anticipated. And a lot of times, Mark, is they'll put a timetable you know, teams will put timetables on, you know, worst case scenario. Oh, he's going to miss, you know, six to 12 weeks. And really the, the person may come back in six weeks. So they give you a timetable. So if he falls anywhere in between there, and it's the same thing with Alex, you know, everything was six to eight weeks, Lonzo, six to eight weeks, uh, Derek Jones, Jr. Six to eight weeks. Right. Those guys could come back before the allotted time that's out there. So that's one thing Bulls fans have to be encouraged about. It's like they'll be back before the season starts. And as we, you know, as we talk, you know, it's important that they all get back with time left in the season so they can, because they've already built a chemistry. The chemistry is there with this team. That's not going to be an issue. What's going to be an issue is, is the conditioning and getting back on the regular schedule, the minutes that you're, that you're used to playing, being in the starting lineup and playing key roles. For people who are regular followers of the show, we appreciate you listening and watching on YouTube. But you probably saw the episode a couple of months back with our good buddy Nick Friedel, where he made uh, <laughs> comments saying that the Bulls were a fringe playoff team, and you yeah. know they, they, eleven seed. And then there was a, a steak dinner that was bet oh, on yeah. who would finish higher between yeah. the Bulls and the Knicks. Well, let me just tell you this right here, America. That bet was realized probably about you know <laughs> probably about November. He realized the Knicks had no shot, yeah, and the Bulls were going to be better than the Knicks. So I told him to get out his ESPN platinum card. You know, because Nick rolls like that. It's so right. I said, I said, pull out the platinum cards like you're playing domino. We're going to slap the table, bam, and I'm going to get whatever I want. <laughs> whatever I want, I'm going to order everything on the menu. It's on the ESPN. Ha, ha. Well, I know that a lot of Bulls fans who follow us on, on Twitter and our regular listeners of the show are saying, you got to get Nick back on and give him a rough ride. So yes. we're going to give that to you. Coming up yes. next, our good buddy, Nick Friedel. But before we do that, we want to remind you about our friend, Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacy's got the golden pipes ready on a Thursday afternoon. Nationwide is on your side. Very nicely done. Jeff Vukovic, our good guy. So if you have any insurance needs, make sure to contact him at jeffvuk.com. Our buddy Nick Friedel in the Sriracha waiting room. Slick Nick. Yeah. He's going to get you. a rough ride next oh, on Give Me the Hot Sauce. You, Keep it right Scarlet here. Scarlet letter, baby. <laughs> Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
It is so great to welcome in our good buddy, Nick Friedel, joining us from the New York area. I'm not sure exactly what uh, borough you happen to be in, but you are the world traveler, Nick. People got to know you here in Chicago when you covered the Bulls for many years. And then ESPN sent you out to the Bay Area to cover Steph and the Warriors. And now you are in New York covering mostly the Nets. But I suppose if you told Tibbs you're back, have you had that reunion yet? (laughs) I haven't since I moved back, Mark, but it's only a matter of time because I told him a couple <laughs> weeks ago that I was coming and he just looked at me like, oh, <laughs> you give me the big Tibbs laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thought I was joking. I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm serious. It's going to happen. And now it's happened. Well, being back down there now in, in the in the New York area, you get a chance to see, you know, both those teams and but you're covering Brooklyn. Um, you know, just recently it came out that James Harden is unhappy with the situation in Brooklyn that he made test free agency. I saw his interview yesterday's press conference where he said it did not come from him. Um, if you want to know something, come to him. Uh, so how how true is that, Nick? Stace, I think in the end, the Nets have just a ton of leverage. They can offer a bunch of money. There aren't a lot of teams that have the cap space. Uh, I would be surprised if there's any kind of major shift with KD, who's already signed for the long haul with Harden and and with Kyrie. And, and that's a whole different situation that we can get into. But when you start breaking down the money and the options that James has, and I know there's a lot of speculation, and that's all it is at this point uh, about Philly and what they may or may not be able to do. Brooklyn has a bunch of leverage. And that's what happens when you you deal for a guy the way in which they did. And I know things aren't looking good right now for the Nets because Kevin's hurt and this Kyrie situation is so strange. Nobody's seen anything like it. And Harden is kind of taking the brunt night tonight of of what's got to happen. But when they're on the floor together, guys, and it hadn't happened much at all, but when they are, all three of those dudes know that they have a title contender on their hands. Now, we know how the NBA works. Injuries happen weirdness happens with all these situations but I think when they're together and they're playing at the level they can they know or or at least they feel that nobody can beat them you know Nick reading between the lines uh, Harden won't come out and say it but it seems like he's really pissed about the whole Kyrie thing he's he's referenced a couple of times if we can get Kyrie back to being a full-time player and now there's all this talk that maybe a Philadelphia Reunion with Daryl Morey's in the works where he can be a free agent at the end of the year. He'll try to force a sign and trade, maybe a Ben Simmons for Harden thing. I know you're just relatively new back on the beat there, and, and you don't really get that one-on-one access that we used to with the whole COVID protocols. But do you get the sense that that James is gone if they don't win a championship this year? I don't, Mark, only because of all those numbers behind what the Nets have. I think in the end, if he if James Harden wants to go to Philly, he's going to have to make it very clear. This is the only place uh, that I'm going and he's going to have to opt in and then get them to, to move all the pieces to make it work. And, and maybe that happens. And to your point about Kyrie, we were in Chicago actually after that Bulls Nets game. And it was Harden who said, <laughs> we were talking about the, the status, the in and out status of Kyrie right. and having him back. And he goes, I'm going to give him the shot myself. <laughs> and so everybody kind of went, okay. Uh, so look, there's, there's lingering frustration. I don't think it's just from, from James Harden. I think it's from a lot of people in the Nets organization. Why won't he just get the shot? 
I, I had the back and forth with Kyrie a, a week or so ago. He's not getting the shot. It's not going to happen. There's a hope, uh, at least from Kyrie, it seems, that the New York City mandate will, will be, be pulled back over the course yeah. of the next a couple months at some point. Whether that happens or not is anyone's guess right mm-hmm. now. But as far as Harden goes, uh, I know there's a lot of questions, and, and certainly the Maury co- connection is there. But with the money that's on the line and with the fact that Kevin is going to be here uh, at least for the next few years, it would surprise me a little bit if all the different dominoes fell and he ended up in Philly. But again, we're trying to predict this at the end of January. Let's see how this thing plays out over the next few months. Let's see what they may or may not do in the playoffs. Well, Nick, as as long as Kevin Durant is not saying anything, then nothing's really going to get done. If he came out and said, Hey, this is, you know, BS, he needs to get the shot or, you know, we need to, you know, look at something else which he's not going to do because that's not his personality. That's his guy. guy. He came there for him. Um, You know, how, how serious it, how serious it is that if they get into a playoff situation and you only got Kyrie for part of the time, do you think they could get to the finals with, with him playing half the, half the games? My guess would be no Stace, but we know, we know the NBA in I've watched Kevin Durant enough that if there was one guy, one, who could put the whole team on his back and say, all right, I got it, and I'm going to drop 40 on everybody's head every night, it's Kevin. And I I think so much of the narrative surrounding Kevin is, ah, he left OKC and and he won with the Warriors super team. And I've always felt like people never understood just how good he was. Certain, Certainly there are some people who do, but I mean – the respect that should come with a player of his caliber, who is incredible, should be there. So I don't think they can do it without Kyrie in all the games, at least get to the finals. I don't think it could happen. But Kevin Durant is that good. And when you have Kyrie for half of the games, and with the way they're sinking right now, guys, in the East, it's going to be really difficult for them to get all the way through. But if they're in a situation where they now – potentially don't have home court advantage and and we'll see again what happens next few months it's probably beneficial for them because you get Kyrie in these extra games and and again we saw it in Chicago I mean that was the hype for the Nets and I know it wasn't uh, a good moment for a lot of Bulls fans and and it's obvious why but for the Nets they walked into the United Center in in that little room where they're doing the press conferences and they were looking at each other like yep this is exactly how we thought this was going to go. We can be dominant. But the question stays is very valid. If, if Kyrie isn't out there, this team is good, but I just don't know if they're good enough, even if Kevin comes back from this knee injury and is playing at that MVP level again. You know, when you have your reunion meeting with Tibbs, you better tell him to pick it up a little bit because uh, you're going to always stay thinner to our good friend. <laughs> He's here. already reserved that. I, I conceded. I told him, I'm going to get the reservation to Joe's Mark. Yeah. And, and we're going to make it happen. The only thing that is getting me, it still makes me laugh so damn hard because my phone goes off every time Stays like, Nick said they were going to be in the 11th seat. <laughs> that never happened. It never, ever came out of my mouth. That was Timmy Bontemps. Right, right. And, and, and Tim, to his credit, he, he told me that people are coming at him hard <laughs> in the, uh, the, the Twitter DMs. But, but Tim has owned up to it. I, I remember we were talking over the summer, and 
I thought that the Bulls would be a fringe playoff team, and I thought they'd probably be in that 6 to 10 range somewhere. They have really surprised me. They really surprised the league themselves. But I also remember, guys, what, what I said, a, a to, uh, aside from losing a bet to Stacy, was that I thought the cap on this team, the max was a second round and out. And nothing that I've seen yet changes my mind. And I'm so happy for all the Bulls fans. I mean, you guys know better than anybody. There's such a hunger. <laughs> it's like uh, being in the desert looking for water. Like, ah, they're back. And it's so much fun watching the games again and the excitement because we've all lived it. We know how awesome it is in the UC when everything is, is rocking. But all that aside, I still think Milwaukee's better. I still think Brooklyn, when they're healthy, and who knows, again, what happens with Kyrie, but I think they're better. I think Miami's better. And depending on what happens in these next couple months and what goes on with Ben Simmons and Embiid, I still think the Sixers are probably better in a seven-game series because I don't think the Bulls have any answer for Embiid. So I still feel strongly that while the (laughs) Bulls have had a good year and while they've been the talk of the league in a lot of ways, it doesn't change where I think uh, the ceiling is for this group this season. I, I strongly disagree. Uh, okay, out of out of which teams though? Okay, you gotta pull somebody out to pop them back in. Listen, the the one I mean, just playing all these teams so far, um, you know, I think Philadelphia with Embiid is a tough matchup with us because of the center position because he's capable of carrying that team past, you know, the second round with just his ability alone. Um, but the rest of these teams, I, I, they don't really scare me. I, I'm not afraid of Milwaukee. Um, you know, they, they barely beat us with half a roster. You know, we had guys that weren't even, they're not even, you know, rotational guys. And I feel like with, depending on how our guys come back from that six to eight week thing and how long, when do they come back into to play? Is it later in the season, a couple of weeks before playoffs? That would be the only thing that I, I would feel would derail us. If they could get back sooner. And we get, let's say, you know, Caruso ball back. And then maybe because it looks like Patrick Williams may make an appearance before it's all said and done. And we're able to get that. And, you know, these guys are working, you know, working trade angles and they're working buyout markets. And you we're able to pick up, you know, a, a quality big to go along with what we already have without having to give up Kobe White, without having to give up, you know, Patrick Williams. That puts us in an even t- a, t- a better situation, don't you think? Stace, the only reason I still disagree is because you need superstars to win in the playoffs. And that, to me, is the difference. You're saying, all right, I don't believe in Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee just won the title, and they have Giannis. And Brooklyn, for all their flaws, <laughs> they have Kevin Durant, and they have Kyrie, and they have Harden. And those three are better than any of the, the, the Levines or the DeRozans, as good as he's been this year. Uh, right off the top, Embiid is a superstar. If he's healthy, he might win the, the MVP last year. The Bulls don't have an answer there. And then you go back to Miami with our old pal Jimmy. I would take Jimmy as much as DeRozan has uh, been great this year and, and as, as well as Levine has improved, I'd take Jimmy over either one of those two guys in a playoff series, in a setting. So it's all in the eye of the beholder. I understand why. There are a ton of Bulls fans that believe this this can be a title team. I just flatly don't see it because all our years in Chicago taught me over and over and over. 
as great as the Derek teams were. And, and with Tibbs getting those guys to play defense and Joe Keen playing at the level that he was playing, in those playoff series, stars win. And you got to have them to take you over uh, that, that edge. DeRozan, for as great as he's been, the reason that Toronto moved off of him a few years ago wasn't just they got Kawhi. It was that they didn't believe that he could carry them in the playoffs. And maybe for this narrative switch for DeMar, maybe he goes in the playoffs. and Maybe it turns around for him and he's much better. More power to him if he does. And with Levine, Zach's been really, really good. He's improved a, a lot more than I thought he could, but he's never even been in the playoffs. So to think that they're going to go from all the way out to all the way through. I, I just think that's a, a tough sell for a young team. Yeah, but you talk about stars drive the bus in the playoffs. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon, and TNT is going to announce the NBA starters later in the day. DeMar DeRozan will be one of the starting guards. Zach Levine will certainly be added to the team as a reserve guard. You know, they have two legitimate all-stars, and Vucevic is a, is a two-time all-star from his days in Orlando. So it's not like they're lacking for veteran guys who are, are legitimate stars in this league. I mean, DeRozan is second in the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. I mean, he's been the guy you give him the ball, he's going to get you a bucket. And I think that's, what's different about this Bulls team is that DeRozan is going to get you a bucket when it matters. I mean, in the past you said, well, who are they going to go to? Can Zach carry this team? Well, he doesn't have to anymore. Zach is, is your one, a player. And that's a pretty damn good one, a player. And Mark, I, I understand that argument completely, but they haven't proven it when it matters most. And the difference in the players that you just described are Tamar and Zach, they're going to the all-star game, more power to them. They're stars. They're not superstars yet. Neither one of those guys. And all the teams that we've gone through uh, with Milwaukee and Giannis, with Embiid and the Sixers, with the, the big three in Brooklyn, and again, for me personally, I'm taking Jimmy in a playoff series over either one of those two. But Jimmy, Jimmy's not a superstar. I'm not. I'm not making that argument. I'm saying in a playoff series, if you but said, okay, no superstars. But no. if you said, all right, in a playoff series, you get Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Lowry, or you get Demar, Zach, and who's who's the third guy we're throwing? Vucevic. Well, see, that's the other problem. It's like everybody focused on, oh, he was an all-star. He was an all-star. When has he been in big games? All three of those Miami dudes have been in huge games before. Lowry won a title with the Raptors. The, the thing the Bulls are going to have to push off from, not just for, for, for me, but for the league, is they've won some games this year. Sure. That team has never won, and those guys have never won individually anything of any relevance so they're fighting against something that they haven't seen before and again it's not that it can't happen mark and this goes to your point DeRozan's been awesome late in games but he's been awesome in regular season games the playoffs are different so what they're going to have to show is that they can take the momentum that they built over these first few months and they're going to have to build that into the playoffs and whether or not that happens uh, we'll all find out well, and, and, you know, the one thing, like I said earlier is, is that, you know, it's, it's like boxing styles make fights. There's not too many teams other than 
you know, when you look at Embiid, no one's going to match up with him. Milwaukee and those guys are not going to match up. Miami's not going to match up with Embiid, but can they beat beat him? Yeah, they can. Atlanta proved that last year, and they didn't have any superstar players. I mean, you you everybody would say, well, you know, you know, Trey Young's a superstar. No, he wasn't. Trey Young was a was a was a superstar, but not like like you know Giannis or or Kevin Durant. But they won because they had youthful exuberance. They played good defense. They moved the basketball they made shots i i i believe the bulls honestly if they get everybody back healthy depending on when they get those guys back with the way they played this year i believe they got a puncher's chance and i believe the front office realizes that window as small as it may be for them this year it's open and it's an opportunity for them to climb through that window and it all depends on matchups i mean right now i mean most of the year they've been number one and, you know, injuries set in and now, you know, they're, I think they're second now behind Miami. Um, you know, that's going to tear, I mean, who knows where they're going to be in a month, depending on all these injuries. They could go drop down to four or five because there's not that much difference between one and five in the rankings as far as wins and losses are concerned. So any week, a team could be number one. Miami could drop the three. Milwaukee goes back to number one. You're going to see a lot of flip-flopping back and forth. But I think with the way they play, and, and Zach not feeling that he has to do everything and, and you know, Vooch stepping up his game and you get contributions from Ball and Caruso, they got a puncher's chance. They do. And if you're believing in that, Stace, you're believing that the defense that not just me, a lot of people in the league were like, well, this team's going to score at the start of the year, but who are they going to defend? They've been great defensively. They have exceeded every expectation. What you're banking on then is, not just that DeRozan can find his footing in the postseason and, and Zach, I know Vucevic just has some moments with Orlando, but they were always getting drilled early in that first round series. You're believing that those three can raise their level and you're believing that the defense that has been so solid can maintain itself in a playoff series. And again, I mean, Stace, you live this. Injuries are part of the deal. I, Bulls fans are, are going nuts and saying, oh, our team, we just can't stay healthy. No team's healthy. I mean, Draymond's out with the Warriors for a while. The Nets have had all kinds of issues uh, with their roster. Uh, Milwaukee's dealt with a bunch of stuff, and Bam was out for you know a month plus in Miami. It's, it's part of the deal. But to what you're saying, if everybody comes back healthy and get Caruso and you get ball back and you get a team that is coming together going into the playoffs, I, I understand where the positivity can come from. Again, just for me and what I've seen, and so much of it was learned 10, 12 years ago with that first run with Tibbs and Derek, et cetera. The teams that win the series in the playoffs have the, the stars that can take over when they need to. And we have seen DeMar and we've seen Zach do it at various points in the regular season. Uh, the question for them is, can they do it when the lights are the brightest? And see, that was the question with, with Derek's group, is that if Derek, you know, if Derek's not scoring, where do you get points from? Well, that's not the case now with this team, because if DeMar is not scoring, you have other guys on this team. There are other guys that can score and get you 30. Vooch can score and get you. You know, you've got guys coming off the bench that can score for you. So that's a problem that this team does not have, but I will say, I, I still think they're a big away from being legit, legit to getting past the second round. I, I think they do need a guy that's versatile enough because you've got to have the mindset, in my opinion, is when you match up with a Kevin Durant, when you match up with a Giannis, 
who are you going to stick on him? And as much as I like Javante Green, that's a mismatch all night long in a playoff series. And that's why I feel like they, if Patrick Williams comes back, you know, that's someone that who's been proven that he is a defensive stopper. He can get out there and play defense against those guys. But if he doesn't come back, now that puts a big hole in the situation, and especially if they don't go out and go grab someone. Uh, I don't know if the trading is the idea, but, I mean, if they can't get a serviceable guy that can come up, because you got to look ahead, Nick, and you know this too. You got to, what if we match up with this guy, in, you know, in the second round or this guy in the third round? You know, those two guys that I just named, Giannis and, and Kevin, nobody can match up with those guys. And then at center, no one can match up with Embiid, but you're going to have to find something. Stace, you're absolutely right. And the key for the Bulls, and I think this is what scared me from the outset when they made all their, their moves. And, and you were talking about the window, and I think it's a fascinating point because the Bulls' window, in theory, should be – they should have some runway here for a couple of years. But now we're banking on – DeMar DeRozan playing at an incredibly high level for the next couple of years. Maybe he can't. But my point all along when you watch the moves that were made were you better win now. You better win right away because you've traded away a whole bunch of draft picks. You've traded uh, a lot of your future for, for this present roster. And so if DeRozan can maintain this the next couple of years, Good, good for him. I mean, good for the Bulls. But I, I'm just not believing that DeRozan can continue playing at this level the next couple seasons, which is why you better cash it in right now. Because as we all know, Levine's going to get maxed out. Uh, you've got uh, the the rest of the roster. I mean, uh, Ball and Caruso are locked in. But like, where else are you going to improve that much? Pat Williams is a really nice player, but is Pat Williams taking you from from here? to hear in the context of the star conversation and, and what you may need in the playoffs. We're going to see. But I just feel like when you watch the Bulls roster form over the summer, you went, there was some nice moves, and I thought they improved. I just never thought they were going to improve to the, to the level where you started thinking of them as a title contender. And frankly, I still don't, even though we've seen what we've seen so far this year. Hey, Nick, before we let you go, uh, you are in the greatest city in the world. Have you had the chance to have dinner or a drink with our old friend Sarah Kustak? You guys are uh, covering the Nets now. She's, she's one of our all-time favorites, and I, I guess it must be nice to uh, be able to see her again on a regular basis. Mark, she is the nicest person that I have come across <laughs> in this business, as we all know. I mean, who doesn't love Sarah? To try to walk somewhere with Sarah, either uh, in Chicago yeah. or Brooklyn, when you walk into Barclays – Good luck. <laughs> because everybody's like, Sarah! Sarah but sadly, I haven't been able to, to see her that much because they pulled the broadcast crews. They're not traveling right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Game to game. They're only at home. And then the Nets, I kind of fell into when Kyrie came back. But we all know there are those par parts in the schedule where everybody's moving. And you're, you're living on the road for six, seven weeks at a time. That's where the Nets are right now. And that's why, Stacey... You mentioned it. Who knows what's going to happen the next couple months with the, the seedings and are the Bulls going to hang here? Are they going to fall? Are the Nets going to keep falling? What's going to happen? Right now, the Nets just have to hold on because they are missing Durant badly and they're going on a tough West Coast uh, swing. And I don't know what's going to end up happening, but Sarah hadn't changed. For everybody in Chicago, she's still the best. <laughs> and she's, she's, uh, she's the nicest person that there is in this whole deal.
Nick, I got one more question for you because this is a team that I was just talking to Mark before we came on is the Cleveland Cavaliers. How real are they? They went into Milwaukee and, and beat spanked them. them. They spanked the Bucks, yeah. And they gave they gave us fits um, here every time we played them. And with those three front-line guys, they've kind of gone back to like a 90s style of, of play where they're starting like three, you know, 6'11", two 6'11 guys and a seven-footer, which I've always thought Lowry should have been a small forward here in Chicago. People thought I was crazy, but they had put him at the small forward position in Cleveland, and it's worked out well. And they are huge. You, I mean, they can defend. They can rebound. They plug up the lane. What What is your thought process on Cleveland? Do you think they're for real? They are very, very good. I just saw them a couple weeks ago. Brooklyn was there. I just don't know. And and again, <laughs> it ties a lot of into what, what we were talking about with the Bulls. I don't know where the star power is going to come from in a series. And my brain has been conditioned to just believe, uh, right or wrong, that that the regular season is nice. You can have some, some great runs and it can be a great story. But I stay to, to what you're getting at. I put the Cavs into where the Bulls are. A nice team, nice young pieces. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> JB Bickerstaff. baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, JB Bickerstaff has, <laughs> has done a really, really nice job. And, and Garland, he's playing great. Nick, that's the quote now from this whole interview. The Cavs are like the Bulls. Oh, my God. Wow. You, you stepped in it again. We went almost a half hour, and at the last minute, you just stepped in a big pile. <laughs> yeah, but, but see, but Mark, that's the whole key. I don't think I'm stepping in anything because I think history is going to prove me <laughs> correct here. I, I think that the Bulls, if they win a series, that'd be fantastic for the city and the organization. If they won two ser- series, it would completely stun me still, even after what we've seen. So, the Cavs are on the right track, and I think they've got a nice young core in place. I just don't think that they are a legit title contender right now. Stacey, there's our, there's our promo for the show. Nick Friedel says the Cavs are better than the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There oh, we go. We're oh. going to get a record for listens. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're gonna, wait, 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 wait. We're going to get into the Nick said they were 11 seed all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said exactly. the Cavs and the Bulls are in that same category. Oh, that's semantics. You know, potato, potato. Clickbait, Nick. Clickbait. That's what goes on now, baby. Nick Friedel does it. We're going to use you as clickbait, Nick. Oh, man. You know the love in Chicago is real for you. That's right. Oh, Stace, Stace you don't even net. know how many people at that Nets game came up to me. Like, they're like, dude, the 11 scene? I'm like, Stace, he's still he's like a politician. He's like firing up his base. Like, oh, yeah. He said the that they were going to uh, oh, Nick, you know you're my boy, man. Yeah, I, tell I, tell the, I tell the Bulls fans, like, he's up my boy, man. He's a good journey. <laughs> I know you don't like what he says about the Bulls, but he's good at what he does. That's my boy. Uh, uh, I love you. You know it. Hey, your mom, we, love, hello. we love your shirt that you're wearing today. The obvious shirt for our good buddy, Jeff Dickerson. Yes. So that was a great sure. cause. And the money that they raised for Parker was unbelievable. It was so great to see not only in Chicago, but people worldwide supporting uh, Jeff Dickerson's son. It, it was fantastic. And, and to the obvious shirts people, Mark, I, it was incredible. And the, the momentum that, that that got for for JD and his family, uh, it, it was something really special. So I, I appreciate you uh, noticing, and uh, to everybody back in Chicago, I, I miss everybody, and it was so good to be back. And hey, look, I would love nothing more, Stace, than to pay off that bet if it's Bulls Nets on some four or five, whatever it turns out to be. 
I people are like, oh, you don't want to come back here? Are you kidding me? Chicago for a week in the summer? Uh, yeah, there, yeah, you can, you can sit on the patio at Chicago Cut. I got to make sure I have a bulletproof vest on and a helmet. <laughs> you, baby. I'll be eating inside while you out on the patio. <laughs> you ain't getting me shot up on because they looking for you. I'm a victim of a drive-by. They try to I get me my neck. Oh, <laughs> hey, did you, hey, did you get invited to your mom's uh, Thanksgiving? Did she let you come to Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving and Christmas. No, she's still <laughs> mad that I, I didn't think the Bulls are going to be that good. I told her she watches you and Adam every night still. She's texting me saying, no, they're really good. They're really good. So just know that, uh, that any fan that is all mad at me, just know that nobody's angry at me that, about the Bulls and my mom is. I'm going to give her a shout out tomorrow and tell her thanks for being a loyal <laughs> Bulls fan in Orlando. And, and thanks and thanks for disowning your son for Christmas. And thanks. <laughs> Nick, you're the best. Thanks for joining us on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We look forward to seeing you at playoff time. The great Always, guys. Great to be with you. Coming up next, we'll <laughs> tell you about the uh, new head coach of the Chicago Bears. That's next to Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're going to talk a little football now and give me the hot sauce. Before I do that, you know, our, our DJ Pavel wanted to make sure that we remind everyone to like, share, and subscribe when it comes to YouTube or any of the podcast carriers. We are one of the fastest growing podcasts in the United States. We want to keep it that way, don't we? Steve? Yes, we're your favorite podcasters podcast show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. And we appreciate everybody helping us grow, moving up the ladder and among the top rated basketball podcasts and general sports in the United States. Stacey, why don't you remind the folks about the hot sauce which is <laughs> oh. flying off the shelves? Yes, America. If you haven't got you a bottle of my special hot sauce, you need to get it now. So I'm going <laughs> to read you this little thing that I put together. Are you ready? Because <laughs> I am. If you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce, then you are listening to the right show. Give me the hot sauce has the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen. Chicago-style red sauce with garlic twist, our St. Pat's Verde green sauce with extra avocado and cilantro, and our King's Q, a bold, spicy, and sweet sauce, just like my girl Dawn. <laughs> <sighs> Use code HOTSAUCE21 to get 21% off your first order. That's HOTSAUCE21 for 21% off order today. And remember, she'll like it too. <laughs> You worked that in on the game broadcast yesterday. I know. I sure that. did. I, I see, was good. see, I peeped it in there. See, yeah. not to be, not to be, not to be a little about that. I did. I got it in there. And then I got like all these tweets, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you said that." I'm like, "Hey, it's it's it, you know, Frank Thomas says it, That's so right. you know, I mean, you know, I owe it all to Frank because Frank Frank is the one who created that tagline. If Frank had never said it, I would never have said it. But you know, Frank says it a little bit more creepy than I did. Yeah. Like, Frank Frank sounds like that neighbor. That's, you know, lives next door to you that, you know, you might catch peeking in your window when you're taking a shower. <laughs> hey, I saw that. I saw that eugenics commercial again with the two women standing oh, behind the guy. And I'm like, come oh, on, what's going on? Here? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, they really need to have two women listen, standing behind him. And what did, what, did, what did Tim say last week? Uh, uh, Flutie Flakes? <laughs> Flutie Flakes, yeah. Did you, make sure you get a bowl of Flutie Flakes. <laughs> and she'll like it too. Uh, I, but I do like that tagline. Shout out to my man, Frank Thomas. It, it is. It's creepy, but I, I think I make it sound sexy, though. Frank. So you might need to do it like I do it. You know, you don't you don't want to sound like the guy that's looking through people's vents. <laughs> and she'll like it too. 
We told you we'd talk a little football. It's been a a big week for Bears fans. Everybody's waiting to see who they would hire as their general manager and head coach. As I mentioned, it's a Thursday afternoon recording for us. They just named their head coach. His name is Matt Eberflus. He was the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. They have a couple of Pro Bowl linebackers on their squad. He's developed a strong defense. And they also hired a new general manager by the name of Ryan Poles. Great sounds. Great Similar hire. to Ryan Pace, which is a little scary. Great hire. You know what? He came from he came from Kansas City. Kansas City. So yeah. obviously he's been there for a while. He understands football. That's a winning organization. So they plucked them from there. That's what I always say you need to do. Find the winning organizations and pluck the executives there that you know that are very good and qualified. So they did that with the general manager, but with the coach, oh, listen. Well, no he, one's ever uh, heard of him. That's what's listen, scary. But maybe he's the next level. I, I never, I never heard of Tressman. And you saw that turned out, yeah. you know, I mean, and then, you know, you know, then, you, then it was, you know, Nagy. Oh, he's a great genius. He's the offensive juggernaut for Kansas city. I saw no Kansas city offense here in Chicago. The whole time it was here. And, so it was Andy Reid's offense. Yeah. Well, exactly. Cause Andy Reid's calling all the plays. <laughs> so we, the maybe we should have went and got Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have just, uh, you know, backed up the Brinks truck and said, Andy, what is it going to take for you to leave Patrick Mahomes? Or when they could have got Bruce Arians and they hired Tressman. Those are the two finals. <sighs> My goodness, this, you know, I listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Right. Okay. So I'm going to give the guy a chance. I'm going to give him a chance, but I just don't think it's, I just, I hope it doesn't fail miserably because I, I just believe that there was other candidates out there. You need, in my opinion, when you're watching these teams who made it to the final four, you see the Rams, you see Kansas city, you know, they have dynamic offense Buffalo who just lost has a dynamic offense, you know, with young quarterbacks that can, Matt Stafford's not young, but the offense that he's around is dynamic. You know, you need someone that is going to be, that's going to have an imagination, that's going to, you know, put these guys in position to succeed on every single play, you know, because I think, you know, no one's Patrick Mahomes, you know, but I think, you know, Justin Fields has some Patrick Mahomes in him. I think he has some Josh Allen in him. I think he's got some, you know, Lamar Jackson in him. I think he's that kind of quarterback. And if you don't put someone in there that's going to create an environment for him to succeed, then everybody in a few years ago, that was a wasted draft pick. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think, you know, they got to hope that this guy comes in and, and hires a great offensive coordinator and let that guy do his job. Well, we saw this with the way the Bears have handled coaching searches in the past. They bring in a veteran NFL guy to help them with their search. And and he kind of dictates the way things are going to go. This year, it was Bill Polian, the Hall of Famer, who spent most of his career, the best part of his career with the Indianapolis Colts. They had a couple of Colts executives come in for interviews for the GM job. They had Matt Eberflus, a Colts defensive coordinator, come in for the head coaching thing. And, And we don't know exactly how it went down. Maybe we'll find out when they have the news conference. But the way it looks is that... Polian and the search committee said, here's your three finalists for the coach, Ryan Poles. You pick them. And he interviewed all three and went with Eberflus. But you'd think that if you're going to bring in a new general manager, let him hire the coach. Well, let him pick the candidates. Yeah. And let him do the interviewing of the people that he wants, because that's how it works in the NFL. The general manager is going to pick his guy and he's going to ride with his guy to the wheels fall off. If, if the coach doesn't work out, then that falls on the general manager. What if this guy doesn't work out? And that wasn't one of the guys that he really wanted to pick. Maybe that was Polian who said, pick this guy. I I just think, you know, you just set yourself up for for failure because with the way the Bears were going to do it anyway, they were going to hire a coach first before they got the general manager. Who does that? 
That's yeah. like completely against like NFL protocol because you get your general manager first. That guy picks up his, his personnel, the people that he wants to work with, you know, scouting. He wants to get his scouts together. He want, he it takes time to do all that. You just can't do it in two days. It's not like you walk over to Best Buy and say, yeah, I'm gonna, I want a uh, scout, college scout there, and I'll take, you know, that, that head coach looks pretty good there, and then you bring it <laughs> home. No, it takes, it takes preparation and time, and, you know, you got to get ready for the draft. There's so many things. There's so many different variables that go on in a professional environment that the bears just seem like they always seem to miss and, and they, they want to know why they're not winning. They don't have success, but I tell you what, forget doesn't matter who they bring in here. If they don't upgrade the offensive line, right? That's the number one priority. Forget the coach, forget the general manager. If they don't spend the money and upgrade their offensive line and protect this kid, this kid is not going to be able to reach his potential and build an offensive system that maximize the talents of the kids, some sprint out plays, move the pocket, some design runs. I mean, that's I, what Buffalo did with Josh Allen. How many times did Josh Allen run that? Oh my goodness! Game oh my Kansas goodness! City? I mean, he looked. I mean, he looked like Michael Vick out there. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I played with Justin Fields on on uh, Madden. You know, and I put my own plays in, and I'm constantly rolling them out. I'm constantly in shotgun spread formation, and I can't be stopped. I'm just impossible to be stopped. So when you play with, and I'm just playing a video game, but if you put that kid in a situation to use his skills and talent, because he's not a drop back passer, can he do it? Yeah. They were putting it, they were playing in, in, in Andy Dalton offense and Andy Dalton is non-mobile. He's a standstill guy and he can't move. So you're putting that kid in the same situation where you say, wait a minute, why wouldn't we put this kid in something where he is that we can enhance his ability on the floor and on the field and then look and see what we can do later on? Do we need to add this player? We need to add this player. Obviously, it's offensive line, but maybe running back. There's a couple of things. I mean, they've got some skilled players. They've got some skilled players, but man, whew. Oh, Dave is showing us something about the United States Football League, the new USFL. Jeff Fisher, Larry Fedora named his final two coaches. Jeff Fisher. He's one of those no. guys you just can't no. get away from. Him. Absolutely not. No, no, Jeff Fisher. No, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> but he's not no. an Bears assistant. This no, no, the new no, USFL, you know so. But there's there's some young coaches out there. Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, who's offensive coordinator. Right. You know, I think Byron Leftwich that's in Tampa Bay is probably going to get the Jacksonville job. You know, you got to take some chances on some of these young coaches. Well, and what if the Vikings hire Brian Dable, who's the offensive coordinator with the Bills? Develop yeah. Josh Allen. I mean, you you got. I mean, you got to take some chances on some some guys that are that are you know that are out there that are offensive coordinator because they need offensive coordinator. Their defense is set. You could bring in a defensive coordinator with the defense that they already got. Their defense, the Bears' defense, is consistently been great. Consistently been great. This year was a little bit different. They were banged up. Some mm -hmm. guys missing. But the problem with that team, the defense was they were on the field all the time. They never had any rest. They can stop a team in, you know, three, you know, three and out. And then all of a sudden they're right back on the field because of fumble or interception or, or, or turnover. They never got rest. So you need an offensive coordinator that, that's going to, or offensive co head coach that is going to put these, this offense in position to at least be a threat most of the time. Everybody's looking forward to championship Sunday oh, in the NFL. Wait a minute. Who, who you got? Hold on, America. Did I not say? That the Cincinnati Bengals were going to go into go into uh, Tennessee and win. Look at last week's show, America. I called it. So you want to know who's going to win now? You might want to listen to me before you place them bets, baby. All right. So who you got? I don't know. You don't know. It's Thursday. Come on. <sighs> I don't know, Mark. You put me on the spot. 
I, I listen, listen, Cincinnati listen. and Kansas City, Arrowhead <laughs> Stadium. Hey, listen, it's gonna be tough for Cincinnati to go in there and win. Yeah, but they're playing with so much confidence. America, I know the Chiefs have been the four AFC championships. They're playing at home where the barbecue and where barbecue was invented, according <laughs> to everybody in Kansas City. That's what they said barbecue was invented. I don't believe that, but I know they got some damn good barbecue. But I will say this. I'm giving Cincinnati an opportunity to go in there with, with Broadway Joe. He's not, he's not in Broadway, but he's going to be Joe. Broadway Joe because yeah. he smokes cigars. I like that. And he's playing with confidence. And Jamar Chase is the real deal. So yeah. I'm saying upset in Kansas City, America. I guarantee. <laughs> Taking a page out of Charles Barkley's book. There. Uh, the NFC, it's the third meeting between Rams. the 49ers and the Rams. And the 49ers won both the regular season. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Mark. They, they got no shot. They're beat up, too. They, they got no shot. They got a lot of guys injured, you know, uh, and they, you know, to get this far was amazing. To go into Green Bay, knowing it, knowing, going to Dallas, no one thought they would win. And then going to Green Bay, no one gave them a chance. They've beaten the uh, Rams twice. Not going to happen because the Rams are at home. There's so much at stake now. Super Bowl. Uh, they they want to get to, because the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles, right? right. So they'll be back-to-back weeks if they win this game. They'll be back-to-back, you know, back-to-back times in, in, in Los Angeles. So I don't think San, San Francisco has a, has a chance to win. My brother was a big San Francisco uh, 49er fan who loves to rub it in my face when, you know, when they win. It's going to be a long weekend for him. It's not, <laughs> you know, just... If you need to call somebody, you need to talk, uh, call 360 Wellness. Um, you know, Don's, she'll be there waiting for you on the phone. <laughs> her and her, her, and her, um, her counselors, they'll all be there for you if you need to know. Is there a number I need to call? Is it a 1-800-CALL-DON? Is that what it's called now? Careful she's, now. She's quiet back You're there. branching into a whole different category. Uh, listen, she, she, she deals with that, you know, crisis, yeah. you know, crisis. And he's going to be in a lot of crisis if they lose. Wow, we brought the show to a screeching halt. I know your limo's waiting outside, Woo! so why don't, why don't you tell the folks about the good people at Windy City Limousine? America, Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact them at 866-94-WINDY. That is 866-94-WENDY. And tell them Stacy King sent you and ask for Gene. Gene is my personal driver. That man is unbelievable, America. Unbelievable. That's a good read. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of uh, business off that. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so because so you guys behave yourself in the back seat. On hey, the listen, right buddy, this there. is a chill. There's a children <laughs> listening to the show. Okay, we're not. There's not the kindred lust section. Okay, it's over on that. Okay, you freak. Look at that. Oh my goodness. Oh, love. America. Hey, don't listen to Mark. Reminds want to know. <laughs> no, don't listen to him. America. He's took it. We're completely off the rails hey, right Tim's now. Tim's not here. Somebody had yeah, to ask. See, you know. Yeah, that's a question Tim would say. <laughs> Timmy Whispers would say something like that. Mark, you hit me below the belt, Tyson. Yeah. Pull the punches off. Just bite the earlobe next time. So Timmy Whispers. Hopefully, if he makes it out of Dubai, if he's not detained by authorities, he'll be back next week here in the Hustle and Flow studios. I want to thank Nick Friedel. Be kind to him on social media. Yes. He likes the Bulls. He's not being anti-Bulls. He's just got strong opinions that are and wrong. He has a job. That's yeah. his job, right. Bulls Nation. So you may not like his opinion. I don't like his opinion, but he's still my boy. 
And he's from, That's you right. know, he's, he's, he's a great guy. And maybe his mom will invite yeah. him back for Thanksgiving. And his mom, listen, year. if there's any consolation, his mother has disowned him for Christmas <laughs> and Thanksgiving dinner. He was not able to come home this year because he was talking smack about the Bulls. So that should be some consolation for you Bulls fans. Well, I thank our guy, Dave, for emergency oh, duty on the board, stepping Dave, in, Dave the engineer at Deluxe, saving us, oh, man. giving America oh. a brand new edition of <laughs> Give Me the Hot Sauce. Otherwise, you'd have to wait till next week. You ain't so. lying. The so, show almost didn't get off today. <laughs> we had some incredible technical difficulties, Woo! but Dave came through. Kudos to you, my friend. Way to go, Dave. Bring us home, Stace. Drive home safely. <laughs>